Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good to, good to be together uh, in, the, in God's presence with one another. If you're newer to church, we always say this, you're so welcome and we hope that you find a fit and a feel. We have been on, if you, if you are newer, we've been on this series of Empowered over the last number of weeks and it's been wonderful being able to unpack something of the, the gifts that are available to us as the body of Christ and we're going to press into that again this morning. If you have Bibles with you, we're going to be going back into 1 Corinthians 12. If you want to open that, I'm going to be reading it from the NLT, I think, um, if you want to follow along with it. Um, but where, where we have gone, just again to, to set the, an understanding, Phil began you know, one of the first number of weeks looking about the range of gifts that are described in the Bible that are available to us. And we looked at the three main, there's three key passages that just lists different types of gifts that are available to us. He referenced a verse in Peter as well, where Peter says, well, whatever it is you have, use it, go at it, go after it, and, and use it for the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, two weeks ago, I, I shared in this, in the, the ministry gifts, so this is one of those three main passages. We looked at the ministry gifts. We said that these were the gifts that Jesus has given to us as his church. To be, they were foundational and formational for us as the church ways which we can outwork his ministry together. And so here was the list of the five different gifts. This is what we know as the fivefold. We had a wonderful time in life group this week, being able to, to thrash this out together. It was good fun, uh, being able to explore it and being able to call it out of one another's lives as well. Some of the things that we identify with one another, it was just great. It's one of my, my favorite nights that we've had this season. It was so good. And then to our last week, Phil introduced another category of these gifts, and this is where we're at in 1 Corinthians 12, which is the manifestation gifts. <clears throat> we're saying this is where we see God manifesting his power through us as people, and we're going to explore this a bit more fully. So let's take time just to read this. This is from verse 4 through to verse 11 again. Let's read these words that Paul says to the church in Corinth. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Good works, or God works, sorry, in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And remember this line, this is key. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So if you're in the room today and you're thinking, nah, it's not really for me. It says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. If you're a believer in the room this morning, this is God's desire. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. It goes on to say this, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. And another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I, I kept this 
that one verse, that I'm not really going to teach on this, but I wanted to almost allow this to stand out, this one truth. And here's what we'll be saying constantly as we go through this. The gifts are available to us, but it's the Spirit who chooses. The gifts are available. It's the Spirit who chooses which gifts we get. God knows our circumstances and situations and where we will be and who we'll be in contact with. God knows what we need, and it's the Spirit who chooses which gifts we get. But our responsibility is just earnestly desire them, hunger after them in our lives. We're going to leave space at the end to be able to pray into some of these gifts that are listed. Um, And we've been looking at, and Rick will pick up um, the remaining three gifts of these next week. We're going to leave space for it at the very end. And as Robbie has said, this night, next Sunday night, is going to be really important. It's the beginning of what we'll do. Again, we'll focus probably on three of these gifts at a time. There's no more teaching. The teaching's all done. The discussion's all done. We'll probably hear for some people within the church their story, their reflection on how they've experienced this gift, how they've seen it operate within their lives. But the main focus of this is just to leave space for the Spirit to work. We believe that it's the Spirit who chooses which gifts He gives. And so that night, we believe that actually the Spirit wants to deposit some of those gifts with some of the people who will be present. And we would just love for you, if there's a part of this within you, as we've gone through this series, there's a part of you that has just it's stirred maybe a, a hunger within you, and there's a part of you that actually is now earnestly desiring for those gifts for yourself, please, we're going to be praying at the end, respond today, but these nights, this is why we want to intentionally create space more than anything, just as Robbie said, for the laying on of hands that you could receive of these gifts for yourself. The gifts of the Spirit are available to us. We want to prioritize it. As Phil introduced um, in this passage that we've looked at, Paul in the context of where he set this chapter and this, this reference to the church in Corinth, they had misused the gifts. They had really badly misused them. Some of the leaders had really uh, gone, uh, they used them to almost to badly influence other people and in a way as well, they'd closed down the use of the gifts freely within the body. And so Paul, rather than trying to just shut them down, because that would be the easy thing to do, he just brings correction. He brings good leadership. He speaks into it. And yet if we were being honest, that is what, it's the same narrative that is just repeated over the life of the church. As we look back at moments of church history, it's why we sit even with different denominations that exist amongst us because for some people there has been a reason and a rationale perhaps from how they have been badly mistreated with the gifts or there's been some skepticism that's been raised in their minds, but because they have almost doubted the gifts, one of the easiest things for them to do was just to completely shut it down. I was brought up in one of those contexts. My mom and dad were here, so I was able to, I wasn't speaking about them, but the church that we grew up in, it was a cessationalist church. We didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today. And yet one of my key learnings, remember when I when I started in Bible college, I remember one of the, my lectures as he taught us in hermeneutics about interpreting the scripture. And so as a Lurgan lad going along to here, I was learning some big words for the first time, right? And one of the words that he taught me was this word, presuppositions. I had no idea what it meant, right? And uh, so what I got to learn was this word, presuppositions, is that we so easily come and we read the Bible with, through this lens. We come with our presuppositions. This means that you come with your presupposed ideas, your presupposed thoughts. And we read our stuff into Scripture rather than allowing Scripture to read into us 
and to interpret our situation where we currently are. And in this, what we see is that because of this, there's been a misunderstanding even of the gift. So some denominations have completely shut it down. And yet, I would even say this, I would imagine that there are some people, even in the room this morning, and your understanding of the gifts, I think the fact that you're here, I would say that you don't disagree with them theologically. I don't think so anyway. But I would say that there's some people, while you agree with them, there's a part of you that thinks, it's not really that important. (laughs) It's not really a big deal. You see, one of the things that we see is the understanding of this word gifts, charismata. When you think about a gift that someone gives you, it's nice to receive a gift. It's really nice getting gifts, but they're optional. Will we use it or not? Like we, we've got some gifts at Christmas from different people. And if I'm being honest, there's some of them that are still in the box. <laughs> it was nice receiving them, but they were just optional. I think it might have been some shower gel and different things like that. So I'll probably get at it at some point when the other shower gels ran out. But it's optional. And yet this is why even in the, I feel that even the understanding of this word for us, the Amplified Bible, it actually translates this word charismata as this, spiritual enablements or spiritual empowerments. What we see actually is that through the gifts of the Spirit, what God is doing is that He is enabling us to step into and to be fully the body of Christ that we are called to be. He is empowering us to outwork the ministry of Christ that we are called to do. And the gifts, this is why they are available to us. They are spiritual empowerment. Steve Thompson in his book, he says this, words of knowledge, um, words of wisdom, and discerning of spirits are gifts in the same way that guns, ammunition, and grenades are gifts for a soldier. They are divine empowerments to operate in the supernatural revelation and power of God. And this is why, so in the same way, a soldier would never go out to battle without their weapons. Why do we feel that as a church we can just get about the ministry of the purposes of Jesus without actually firstly taking up the things that actually enable us and empower us to do what he's called us to do? This is why they're gifts. They're spiritual empowerments for us, the church. This is why we should desire them. Don't be skeptical about them. Don't be scared of them. There's nothing spooky or eerie about this. This is what a good father gives to those he loves. And to us, his children, these gifts are available to us in our lives. Um, Phil shared a little bit about his. I'm sure Rick will do the same next week. My experience with the gifts my background with it, and this is why I ended up talking about my mum and dad, which was a bit awkward when they're sitting there in the second row, but I was brought up in this cessationalist point of view. We believed that the gifts just weren't for us, and we believed that they were not for today. And so my understanding then, when I got to, to Lurgan College and Scripture Union, I, I got to meet other young believers from other churches, and some of them were doing some really weird things. <laughs> Some of them were acting in some really crazy ways. And in my reformed mindset, that was not, it was blasphemy, <laughs> right? That's the only thing that you could probably have said in my mind. But yet, it, suddenly I started to think, God, what, what is really happening? I started to see actually something that was genuine in them. And many of you know the, the big moment in my life where God had just seemed to actually took me on a journey of transformation fully was when I went to Cuba. When my second year of university, I was in a place where I just was not in a, in a good place of my own walk with the Lord. I had walked away from him. 
somehow God and his kindness just brought me to this place where I was part of a team that went to Cuba with open doors. And when I was there, there was just some moments where I actually began to realize that this stuff is real. I saw believers who were genuinely in love with Jesus. Believers who were on fire for the Lord. And yet there was these moments, so I remember, so the whole thing, we brought like suitcases just full of Bibles and Christian literature. We had two our clean t-shirts and one change of pants, right? That's, that's about all we had. The rest of it was just literature, right? So you can imagine how smelly we were by the end of these four weeks. But I remember day after day after day, we hired a car, we posed as tourists, we just went around the island. There was a pastor and his wife, they drove with us and we went around just to bring the Bibles to the believers out there who just desperately wanted them. And as we went around some of the days, I remember these couple of occasions where as we drove, the pastor actually said, no, no, stop. Stop, there's, there's, there's one of the pastors that I'm looking for. Like they didn't have maps, they didn't know where the churches were. And he said, there, there's one of the pastors. And when we got them into the car and they chatted with us, I remember one of the pastors just saying, he said, last night, God, God spoke to me in a dream. And in a dream, he told me where I had to meet you and when. And this guy was standing at the side of the road because God had visited him in a dream, almost in a word of knowledge, and had told him specifically about where we were going to be. I saw believers at that time praying and praying and praying in tongues. These things that I've been taught were wrong, and they were full of the joy of the Lord, and they were fully given in this way. And I saw just for the first time the genuine reality of the gifts of the Spirit. And I came home hungry. I came home realizing, God, I want that. And again, you've heard me say this. It wasn't as if that I'd got into some backslidden state that God wanted to call me back from that place. I realized that there was something that I'd never even experienced in the first place of God's spirit. There was something fully of the life and purpose of God that is available to each and every one of us that I'd never taken hold of and I'd never stepped into and I wanted it. And night after night after night at university, just kneeling beside my bed, just crying out, God, I want more of you. I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want to experience that in my life. And then it was about, it was about, I'd imagine maybe about four months later. I can't remember. But I remember at home in mom and dad's house and I had this dream. So this was the pastor. That's Omar, the pastor on the left and his wife, Shelley. I was saying, this woman, she was amazing. She she taught herself English from worship CDs. She listened to worship songs and we, CDs for any of you young people. They're, they're all have left. So we all know CDs, the sleeves inside. She taught herself English from this and obviously by the help of the Holy Spirit as well. And I remember in my dream, I had this vivid dream that Omar was dying. And I, in the dream, I saw Shelley just tormented just because he was dying. And I woke up, and when I woke up, I realized, you know the way sometimes you have those dreams and you realize it was more than just a dream? I don't know if you've ever had moments like this, but I realized in that moment that God was trying to speak to me. And so I got down beside my bed, just crying out, God, I don't know what's going on with Omar, please, but would you move, whatever's going on? And I kept praying and praying and praying, and all of a moment, I started praying in tongues. Rick's going to speak in this next week. Oh, Phil is, sorry, 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 Rick's panicking. So Phil, Phil's going to come and speak, and sorry, I said first service, everyone's coming to hear you next week, Rick. Um, Phil's going to teach in this next week on the gift of tongues. And yet what happened was that in this moment, this 
gift that I've been brought up with an understanding. This is not for today. It's not right. It's wrong. Suddenly I was flowing in it. You see, the Bible says this. Sometimes when we, we aren't aware of the things to pray, the Spirit prays through us with groanings and utterings that we can't even understand. This is what was happening. The Spirit was starting to pray through me. And in this moment, I was praying words that I didn't even know. And I was freaking out, thinking, oh, please, don't let mom and dad hear me. <laughs> Don't let anyone hear. And I didn't tell anyone. If I was, if I was honest, I freaked myself out. I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doomed. I just didn't know what to do with this. And I didn't, I didn't try to do it again because part of me actually was thinking I made it up. All these words, I just made it up. up, up. I, I just made it up. And then another few months later, I got a letter from Chelly, his wife. And she was sending greetings from Cuba and just sending love. And in this letter, she said, Omar had been really ill, had been in hospital, was about to die. And there was something that had happened. I don't think maybe it might have been. I actually wonder at times, God, I wonder how many other people that knew them around the world did you give the same dream to? And yet, here's the thing. And the reason why I want to say this, and this is why it's so important for us. I'm not saying it because none of these gifts are given to make anything of us. It's not as if I tell that reason to say, Guys, aren't I incredible that I dreamed a dream about a man? The gifts, Paul says, we are given to us so that we can help each other. That night, Omar needed help. Omar was about to die, and God, in his kindness, gave me a dream, and his spirit began to speak through me, and I realized, I realized, this is real. So I hungered, I longed for more and more and more and more of God's spirit. Today, I want you to hear, before I say anything else, I need you to hear the gifts are real. They are present. They are active amongst us. They are not done with. And today, you need to know they're available as a believer to you in your life. A gift is given to each of us so that we can help one another and we can help other people. This is available for you. And the only responsibility you have is to earnestly desire them. It's the only thing God requires of us actually want them and to ask of him and yet as we see and we go into as we look at the rest of it this is spirits choosing which gifts he gives earnestly desire ask God for the gifts and the spirit chooses it's just the way he works and yet through it his body is active his body is at work and it's available today for us and these gifts fill Looked at this, he said, the gracelets of discernment. We categorize them in different gifts. The gracelets of discernment, which is to do with supernatural insight. And we talked about this wisdom. So wise advice, knowledge, discernment. Today, I'm going to talk about this. We're framing it around this, the gracelets of power to do with the hand of God. And specifically, these three gifts, faith, healing, and miracles. And then Phil next week will come and we'll finish the other three gifts from this chapter as well. Let's just take a moment. And we're going to take maybe... The second one's going to be the longest, but maybe about five minutes on each of these. And then we're going to come around the table. We're going to leave space for the Spirit to move today, because that's more important than anything else. So the first one I want to talk about out of these three is um, the gift of faith. Um, it's really important, firstly, to say this. You will have heard the verse, if you've been around church for a while, you'll have heard the verse, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That's not what this is talking about, right? The supernatural gift of faith is different to saving faith. Faith that we need to step into relationship with Jesus is not something that's given as a gift of the Spirit. It's something that we all have had. 
that saving grace or that saving faith we all have had. And yet this that Paul is talking about, that faith is available for us, this is a supernatural gift. It's a supernatural grace that is released upon us as his people. And the only way that I could describe this is that you have a, a confidence, a belief deep down inside of you that you believe that something is going to happen. You believe that even despite the present circumstances that you see around you, you believe that God is going to do something. In fact, I would even go as far as to say this is not as if that you believe that God can do something or God will do something, that you believe that actually in the heavenlies, it's already a done deal. It's already been declared by God and actually in faith, you're just stepping into the things that God is releasing around you. This is where this gift of faith is important because when you realize those things that God is speaking, you speak it out and it releases faith for other people. Um, let me see what this, yeah, so this is the, here's what it says in Romans chapter four. My dad again this morning was delighted. There was a bit of King James thrown in here. You see at the start, it says this, God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things. But this is the part that I always remember, which be not as though they were. The things, and this is what the Amplified says, it calls unto being that which does not exist. We call unto being those things which are not yet as though they were. Some translations would say faith that is so stirred by this. You believe that God has declared something. God is moving in something. God is going to do something that you have the confidence and faith to be able to speak it into being. Even in your life, you have the confidence and faith to be able to step into something. There's something that God is speaking in your life and God is leading you into. And all around you, it just feels like that is just the stupidest thing that you could do. In human terms, there's just no wisdom. And this is where the Bible tells us the wisdom of God is above the wisdom of man. The things that God leads us into in these moments, it transcends human wisdom. It goes against even, and this is where it requires risk. It requires a step of faith for you to be able to step into in these ways. And God might be leading some of you. And it's with this, God might be moving you with part of this gift of faith. And yet it's really important that as you do this, you understand that this gift, remember, isn't just for you. And the part of this faith that actually creates an atmosphere of faith for other people to move in. As you release that gift of faith, faith and you speak it out, it creates an atmosphere of faith for other people to be able to work with them. Here's some of the examples of faith we have. So like Abraham stepped into, went to a place, even though he didn't know where he was going, he followed the word of God and he led his call. Joshua walked around Jericho, imagine it, seven times this day. Like he walked around it seven days, but in the seventh time, Joshua walked around it. He had faith to believe that God was going to do something. Elijah was speaking out and prophesying that there was going to be rain that was coming. He believed that there had been a decision that had been made and he released faith. Jesus calms the storm in Mark 4. This one's the one I really wanted to get to. In, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus heals Jairus' daughter. And in this, what you see in this moment, as Jesus arrives at the house, so along the way, the woman with the bleed has stopped him. She has touched the hem of his garment and he's been healed. Jesus isn't worried about the interruption. And when they get to the house, people are wailing, people are crying because they're saying, listen, she's dead. And Jesus goes in and he says, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. People start to laugh. And this one's really important. Jesus actually, what he does is that he clears the room of a lack of faith. 
And he only allows into the room with him, he only allows the two parents, and Peter, James, and John. It was important that for faith to be activated, we need to operate and work within an atmosphere of faith. And Jesus was clearing the room. He was clearing the atmosphere of a lack of faith. And he was preparing the way for faith to be released in a moment. And here's one of the things I want to say. If we're going to see a move of faith amongst us, we have to believe and create an atmosphere for it to be present. We have to create an atmosphere for it to function and to be present amongst us. This is where this gift is given to us. But we have a responsibility how we steward it. You have a responsibility about the atmosphere. And so what that would even look like for you is that you don't speak in a negative way. Oh, well, I don't think that's likely to happen. They're saying all those things, but it's not really realistic. It just creates, just takes away from this atmosphere and this momentum of faith. We need to be ones that would speak in agreement with one another. We're not just trying to go at it just for the sake of just saying these things, but we're believing by faith and take holding of, take hold of these things by faith. We believe in the things and we call them into being those things that are not yet as if they were. This is a supernatural gift of faith, and I believe it's available here today. It's one of the things that we want to pray for. At the end, another one is the gift of healing. I'm trying to make sure I don't go over time here. The gift of healing speaks about both physical and emotional healing. It's important to note the gift of healing is given to the person that God's given the gift to. The gift of healing operates through a person who God administers the gift of healing through. So it's not the person who's being healed that has the gift. It's the person who's operating with the gift of healing. And it's released in that way. It's pretty straightforward. To step out with that gift, though, you have to be willing to take risk. You have to be willing to step into it. And it's not about a show. It's not about a big or a dramatic demonstration. But it's that God actually just wants to move in healing. Do you know what? Sometimes God wants to move in healing for that person or for other people as they look on so that they can see that God is at work. It's one of these moments that actually could be an unlocking moment for even his kingdom, even in salvation. And you see scripturally, like here's some examples, 2 Kings 5, Naaman healed of leprosy. In the New Testament, Jesus, multiple um, moments of healing. James chapter 5, this is through the office of an elders. There's a responsibility that's given in this. If you're sick, call the elders to pray for you. James would say, the spiritual gift of healing. We're going to pray for healing at the end of today, but let me say this. Don't allow it just to be restricted to moments at the end of church. If at any stage you need prayer for healing, call us. We will pray with you. We would love to get praying with you. If, if I was being honest, though, this, this is probably out of the three gifts that I'm looking at today, this is probably the gift that I'm, I'm most excited but if I'm being honest, most nervous about speaking about. And, um, and I recognize that even this week, just struggling with it at times and realizing that where that insecurity comes from, as many of you know, just even my own journey with ill health over the last number of years, um, things this year have been brutal. Um, I have journeyed with MS, multiple sclerosis for years. My walking's been pretty bad this year. Um, since last Easter, there's moments where I can't really walk that much. I can't do much. It stops me, limits me, what I can do with my kids, and what I can do at home. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. 
And yet what it also does, and this is probably what I had to face this week, it causes all sorts of these insecurities to start rising up. And this is where part of my thought was going. I was like, how on earth can you stand and talk about healing when you're here as someone who's sick? I'm just being honest, right? That's where I started. How, how can you talk about healing when you don't act, you're not actually healed? How on earth are you going to make people believe in healing when you're not actually healed yourself? That, that was part of the, the dilemma that I was facing this week. And yet, what I've learned, and it's similar to the gift of faith, what I've learned is that my expectation or belief for God to heal isn't limited by my current condition. And my belief, my belief in God being able to heal, it doesn't take away from this one truth that I know and I hold to and I speak boldly today. He is healer. God is healer. Just because my current circumstance doesn't say it, it doesn't take away from the truth. He is healer. And today, above every circumstance that you might be journeying through, and hear this, I'm saying it because I'm journeying it myself. It's not to belittle or to take away anything that you might be journeying with. If you've been journeying with something for years, you need to hear this. He is still healer. It is still possible for us to be able to step into it in that way. Um, I, and yet I've, in my desire for this, let me say this, there's been a couple of moments where I've experienced measures of healing. So many of you, um, I've been around church for years and years and years and years. I think almost 20 now. And when I first started, I, I had a really shaky hand, right? My right hand used to shake a lot. I would never have held a microphone in my right hand, right? And, but I remember, so even like worshiping with God, I got into this habit because when I lifted my right hand, it looked like that I was getting carried away by the spirit. You know, I was, I was just fully going for it. My hand just had this massive tremor. And so I just got into this habit and practice. I only worship with my left hand. So people have said to me, oh, Dave worships with one hand. It's like, I actually enjoy worshiping with both hands now, but it's just, I've got so used to a habit of doing with one hand over my life. You're learning a new way. And yet I remember after church one Sunday, there's a couple of people here in the room this morning. And after church, we, I waited behind with them and we were praying, we're talking into other things. And it just in this moment, they're carrying a gift for healing. In this moment, there was a prayer and there was a release. And there was a moment of prayer for this. And when I went to my mom's after church that day for dinner, I realized my shake's gone. My shake was completely gone. So I'm able to eat food properly with this hand now, which is handy when you like eating food. And, uh, and I can worship with this hand that hasn't come back. So praise God, right? I've experienced healing. And yet even with this, so this in my leg, my right leg, it's my right leg mainly that this, where the weakness is. This has been since last Easter. So we had a leaders gathering about two or three months ago here in church. And at the end of it, we, we wanted to pray for one another, just for the body ministry. We wanted to pray for one another. Be it, we started with the elders. I think it was Rick's idea, wasn't it? Maybe let's pray with the elders first. And so we lined the elders up. And as we were praying, there was so lots of people gathered around individual elders, and there was loads of people gathered around me and hands on me, and we're praying. And in that moment, as people were praying, I, there was... Obviously, I could feel all the hands on me, but there was three hands in particular that I just felt this surge of heat. I felt this release of heat. And do you know the story where 
So again, with the woman, Jesus interrupted on the way to Jairus' house, the woman with the bleed. And Jesus starts asking this question. He said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, why is up? Look at the crowd just pushing around you. Anybody could have touched you. And he says, no, 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 somebody's touched me. And this lady, she touched the hem of his garment. She just thought, if only I could touch that. And Jesus said, I felt power leave my body. And in that same way, remember that night as I stood here at the front of church, as people were, I felt power entering my body. I could feel something supernaturally happening. And I remember going home that night and... Um, my leg felt really good. All of my frustrations, everything that I've been journeying with, it just it felt, it was completely gone. I went home and for the first time in months, I was able to run with my kids. I was able to do different things with them. And like we spoke about it and even spoke with my kids. I came in the next day to Phil and Rick and said, I think I've been healed. I think I've been healed. And then about four, four or five days later, suddenly my weakness started to come back. It started to come back and come back and come back. And it's one of those ones, if I was being honest, here's my vulnerability with you. I'm just like, God, why? Why only in part? Why, why not? The whole, I, thought, I thought you had moved. God, I even told people. I even spoke to people. And yet I realized that in this moment, again, my belief in God isn't limited. And even today, I want to stand here. My belief in God to be able to heal, I still believe and trust that he is able, not because of what I'm experiencing currently, but again, because I believe he is able to heal. With everything that Robbie has just led us in, there's no greater name than the name of Jesus there's nothing that is above his power and his ability to be able to heal and to be able to step in in these ways. And that's why today it's, feel it's crucial for us to grasp and for you to believe afresh today that God is able to heal even in your life and God can move through you in these ways as well. I, I would say this too. Um, here's a couple other verses, I think. Let me just say, I've completely gone off track with this. Let me come back to it now. Oh, there it is. When, when it comes to healing, just two or three things that I've learned about this and then on to the next gift. When it comes to healing, if you're waiting for healing, this is where the words of the psalmist are crucial. It says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. Can I say this? Sometimes healing will come in a moment. Sometimes it won't. And this is where we need to hold on to the truth of the psalmist who said, I waited patiently. He turns to me. He hears my cry. And yet this verse in Ecclesiastes, it's the wisdom literature that I, I quote so often, is important for us to know, particularly when it comes to this area of healing. He has made everything beautiful in its time. There is a time and a purpose for everything. Under heaven. Absolutely everything. For my leg to be healed, I know that there is a time. There is a moment when God will move. I believe in that fully. And I, I don't know when it will be, but I, I want to believe as if it could be right now. 
I want to believe at any moment. And when people pray for me, I want to believe in faith that it could happen in that moment. That's what happened that night. And I went home and talking about it because I believed in faith. But yet he has made everything beautiful in its time. And yet for you, it's important that you hold on to that and continue to believe that there is a time for you. If you've been journeying this for years, don't give up. If there's something you've been holding for years, don't give up. But finally, let me say this to you, for, for those that would move in the gift of healing, for those to whom this gift would be given within the body, because I want to pray and believe that actually there would be more people that would be released into this gifting. This is where Jesus, we see this reality. Listen, if someone comes to you and asks for you to pray for them, pray for them. Of course, pray for them. But if you're carrying this gift, this is why Jesus said these words, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. If you're carrying this gift, can I tell you your responsibility? You need to spend time to listen to the father. You need to take time to hear father because I'd imagine that this is why Jesus had 100% accuracy when it came to healing because he spent time and he heard of the Father, Father, who are the ones that you want me to bring this to today? This gift that I carry, who is it that you want me to bring this gift of healing and to release it to? Who needs your help in this way today? And as he listened to every assignment, this is why he moved in 100% accuracy because he was sensitive to the voice of the Father. If you carry this gift, can I encourage you, please listen. Don't run ahead to think that this has anything to do with you. Would you listen to the voice of the Father? Be sensitive to his words. And if you hear, be bold. If you hear him speak about an individual or a circumstance, be bold and speak it. Be bold and declare it. Be bold and release healing because this is one of the gifts by which we get to help one another. Finally, and this one's only a minute. Just going to sum this one up really quick. Miracles. Miracles pretty much is everything. So, Setting healing aside, it's everything that transcends almost your natural way of things coming about. It's like moving in supernatural parts, moving in like spiritual warfare. It's where he moves outside, it transcends even the law of nature. It's where we see God move in miraculous way and in miraculous powers. We see some examples of this in the Bible, like iron's rod turning into a snake. The parting of the Red Seas, it was a miracle. The widow's oil with Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 4, where she, was, she had nothing. And he says, go and, go and get your neighbors, get all of their pots and all of their pans. And he feels like she keeps pouring her oil, the little bit that she thought she had. And suddenly she has lots of oil that multiplies. And she's able to pay all of her expenses. And she's able to live off there. It was a miracle. And in the New Testament, we see it happening as well. Jesus feeds the 5,000 that multiplied in the disciples' hands. It was a miracle. The demoniac set free. It was a miracle. God still works in miraculous ways. God still works in miraculous powers. It's available to us. These, this one thing, these gifts are given. And I would say this, was often the charismatic language we would use, they're signs and they're wonders. And the reason why I feel God releases them is simply this. They're signs to simply make people wonder. Sometimes they're signs that actually cause people to just wake up to the reality of his kingdom and who he is because it's God and his kindness and in his way. This is how he moves. Maybe if Holly, do you want to 
If you're here, do you want to come up? If the prayer ministry team want to come to the front as well, into the back, if anybody's on communion, let's jump into this. We'll do this for the last five minutes. In all of this, let me just say this. I want you to believe that all of these gifts are available to us as his people. The gifts that Phil looked at last week, these three gifts today, the ones that he will press into next week, they're available to us as his people. The simple expectation in us is to ask. Ask your father. If you desire these gifts, ask your father to give you them. The Spirit will choose which gifts he gives. But ask your fathers, we come around the table, this one verse, Paul says this to the church in Corinth, do, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? And if you're saved from God, you're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Part of how we honor God with our bodies at the ch as the church is even as we outwork some of these things as well with our lives. But what I want you to do just for 30 seconds, would you close your eyes? And part of how we honor God with our bodies, you know, it might have been that this past week, the Bible tells us this really clearly. Listen, we celebrate communion as those who are followers of Christ. If you don't know Jesus today, you can. He can save you this instant if you would just call out to him. You can join in on this with us. But you know, for those who believe in Jesus, this is why as we come around the table, part of the condition that's given to us is that we would examine our hearts. The charge that Paul gives to the church in Corinth is this, honor God with your bodies. I just want you just for 30 seconds, maybe even less, Allow the Spirit to pinpoint some things and areas in your life this week where you haven't honored God with your life. You stepped outside of His will. You've perhaps stepped into an area of sin. Speak, Holy Spirit. beauty about communion as we come to it and as you receive as you come to take the crackers the juice you can bring it back to your seat listen if holly has started leading worship still just take your time with god because one of the beautiful things that i love about the sacrament of communion is this is that this is a moment where it causes me to realize that i can practice once again the act of confession and repentance for some of these things that the father might have the spirit might have shown you even in this moment, this is where we practice the act of confession and repentance. We repent in you. We repent afresh. We ask God would, you, God, would you forgive me with that? Would you help me with that? If it's an area of struggle, would you help me? But as you come, this is where we want to build this in. And this, there's prayer ministry teams at the front and at the back. As you come, listen, this is why we celebrate this. Jesus is the greatest gift we have received. His salvation, there's nothing greater. 
And yet today we want to leave room for you to receive of these gifts as we speak about them. They're not just a preach for the sake of you hearing a sermon. This is available to you. And today I just simply want to say, if you actually, if there's part of you that longs for this, allow us to pray for you. We will leave space next Sunday night, but allow us to pray for you now. There's prayer ministry teams at the front and at the back. And then finally, I would just simply say this, while it's one thing to talk about healing, I believe that God here today wants to heal. And if today you are present with a sickness or a condition, we want to pray with you. We want to believe that God can heal you today. I would love you in this moment. And so you can come as you, as you take your communion. You can stop with us and we will pray for you at the front. You can go back and you can take communion and come back whatever way you want to do it. But we would love to pray for you today. Let's stand with me, can you? And let me just pray for this moment and then Holly's going to lead us as we come. So Father, thank you for the gift of our Savior, Jesus. Thank you, God, that your word tells us, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we could be called sons and daughters of yours. And God, we just say that we love you afresh. God, even in this moment, I pray, Lord, that if there's things that need dealt with in hearts between you, God, I just pray that it can easily happen in this moment. And God, for those who could come to receive of your gifts this morning, I pray release of it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that for those who come longing for healing, God, I pray if it's your will for release of it, in the name of Jesus, if it's your will in this moment, that is, God, I pray for release of it in the name of Jesus. God, I just pray your name be blessed, your name be glorified and honoured. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.